Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Why don't you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, I say those words every time we start our program. and It's because I really do want you to have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Laughter is a medicine. Today, I want to encourage you to trust God that he is faithful. He's in control of all the affairs of the world, and that includes the affairs of your life. So be at peace. Uh, today. Today, I'm really excited about our topic. You know, as we enter into this season of of, of Christmas, it's also a season uh, of giving. And I think about the blessings of living in the country that we live in. And when you travel globally, internationally, you realize how extraordinarily blessed we are. Now, for those of us who are believers, followers of Christ, we know why we've been blessed. The Bible makes it clear that we've been blessed so that we might be a blessing. That's what God says to Abraham in Genesis 12. And that theme continues on throughout scripture. And this Christmas, as we think about being a blessing, I know it starts at home. And my kids have not only given me suggestions and hints, they've given me lists and demands as kids uh, in the Brooks household. But I also think beyond Uh, the moment of giving them gifts, I'm training my children on how to be givers themselves. I don't want my children to simply be receivers. I want them to be givers. And one of the ways that we in our household express that is through our partnership uh, and sponsorship of a child through Compassion International. We've been um, a part of the Compassion team and family for a long, long time. You know, Compassion helps to fight global poverty by uh, helping kids holistically through their development programs literally around the world in 27 countries. And today I want to introduce you to Compassion, but broadly I want to talk about how we can help to transform the life of children all over the world through our generosity. My guest today is Tim Glenn. He is the Director of Global Public Relations and Public Affairs at Compassion International. Now, Tim has been a part of Compassion for over 18 years, and he has traveled to 20 of the 27 field countries that they are doing incredible work in. Tim, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, and Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you as well. I got so many stories that I want to talk to you about and so many questions I want to ask. (laughs) But before we get into any of those, let's talk first about the uh, ministry, mission, purpose, and reach of Compassion. You bet. You know, I love this ministry. It's the reason I've been here for over 18 years, because I believe wholeheartedly in what we do. And uh, a lot of people have heard of child sponsorship and aren't really sure what child sponsorship looks like, or they've heard criticism of child sponsorship. And uh, I'm here to tell you that this is the real deal. And what makes us unique, what makes Compassion unique, is our partnership with the local church. It's over 8,000 churches in those 27 countries around the world 
empowering them and lifting them up to be the church in their community. And that's what I love about this ministry is we're all about the local church and the local church being the church in their community. I want you to to define poverty because poverty is so much broader than just money. I know you know that because you've seen it firsthand in the eyes of a child. Can you just give us a definition of what I think so many of us think we already know. What is poverty? Yeah, poverty is so much more than economic. It can be um, geographic. It can be educational, environmental. It can be political. It can be spiritual. And what we what we look at poverty, uh, when we approach poverty at Compassion, we, we think about it as like this wagon wheel. You think of the old, old kind of a covered wagon, wagon wheels, and it has all these different spokes. And... Uh, poverty is at that center. It's the hub. It's that's abject poverty. And then you've got education and environment and uh, economic and health and spiritual development. All of those make up the spokes. And our job at Compassion is to to make sure that all those spokes are um, uh, approached, that they're engaged with, to get them to the rim of the wheel, which is enough. Our job is not to make people uh, Olympic athletes, and it's to make them healthy, get them healthy. Our job is not to make people rich, it's to get them economically self-sustainable. Um, and, and so it's enough. That's the opposite of poverty is enough. It's not rich, it's not wealthy, it's not famous, it's enough. And that's our goal, is to get children around the world who don't have enough to that point. My guest today is Tim Glenn, Director of Global Relations and Public Affairs at Compassion International. We're talking about how we can help to transform the lives of children around the world holistically, rescuing them from poverty and helping them to experience John 10, 10 the abundant life that Christ has for them. You know, when I think about, for me and my family, what this has always been about, to me, it's always been about relationship um, as we enter in. I, I You know, I first thought, started being a Compassion sponsor. Uh, this is years ago, probably maybe 15 years ago. My wife and I made that decision. But we quickly discovered that the real power was the relationship. Yeah, you, you, you do obviously send generosity, but it was the letter writing. Just just talk about the the glue of relationship and how relationship plays into rescuing kids from poverty and uh, holistic care for them. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for sponsoring because I don't think we'll ever know the side of heaven, just the amount of impact that you've had on the life of a child just through that relationship. But you're absolutely right. It is relationship. Everything compassion does is about relationship. It's our relationship with that local church. It's that local church's relationship with that child. It's the sponsor's relationship with that child and and vice versa. And those letters, I tell you, Chris, I've been to 20 of our countries, as you pointed out, 20 countries where we work. And in every single country, I have met families and children who hold on to those letters as dear, dear items to them because it means so much that there's somebody else somewhere else in the world who knows them, who's uh, praying for them, who's connected to them, who loves them, and is thinking about them and and wants them to thrive. That alone does so much for a child's potential. It opens up potential. It opens up hope. And hope is a powerful, powerful 
powerful thing. So yeah, that relationship, it's more than just writing a letter. It's, it's speaking life into a child who needs someone to speak life into them. It's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Now, for those of you who want to have impact, and I'm, I'm assuming that of everyone who's listening, that part of what we've come to realize through our relationship with Jesus Christ is that what salvation does is not only benefit us, but it is uh, God transforming us and equipping us so that we might benefit other, others. And that's really the, the name of the program, Equipped with Chris Brooks. My heart is to equip you so that you can have an impact for Christ on others. So by bringing Tim Glenn on today, in, in, in many ways, it's to help us to learn some ways we can really have impact on the lives of others. Compassion is not just the name of their organization. Compassion is a character quality that God wants us to have. Tim, let's just press into that idea a little bit more. Why is it so fundamental to the Christian faith that we are compassionate people because we're known for a lot of things in this world. And sadly, in particular in the West, we are not as much known for compassion, even though we are really, really generous statistically. Why is it so important that we are compassionate people? Because compassion is all about heart. It's not just about giving. It's not just about the gifts. It's about the condition of the heart. You know, the word compassion itself uh, comes from the Latin paticum, uh, cum pati, paticum, and, which means to suffer with. Um, and that's what we are called to do. And you'll recall the, the story when uh, Jesus looks out at the crowd and he sees them tired and hungry and he has compassion on them. What that scripture is saying is that Jesus suffered with them. And isn't that what he did for us? Anyway, he suffered for us and he suffered with us. And we are called to do the same, to suffer with those who are suffering and then to speak up and to make a change when we have that opportunity. And that's, that's about it being as Christ-like as you can be. He saw the crowd, he had compassion on them, and he responded. And that's what we are called to do. That's, that's, that's a heart thing. Man, I would really love if moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, could uh, have a conversation with their kids, grandkids in this season, and ask the question, uh, do you understand what compassion is? Are you a compassionate person? And begin to help them to get a vision for compassion, a vision for generosity. Because I'm just convinced, Tim, that while so many doors are being closed politically for Christians in the West, while so much of culture seems to be changing in their perspective of many uh, followers of Christ because of our convictions and beliefs. One of the ways that we can maintain uh, impact, influence, to have an entrance in the culture is through compassion and, and generosity. Can you just talk about that for a moment, how compassion and generosity really does open up doors for us to share our faith? It really does. You know, first of all, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share it right here uh, with you on the air, Chris. That means yeah. a lot to me and it means a lot to the organization. Uh, I know you and Yodit have six kids and um, uh, my wife and I, we have two boys who are teenagers, uh, 15 yes. and 13. They're very much teenagers, but they um, they have grown up with us having a sponsored child all their lives. 
Uh, we first sponsored a little girl in the Philippines. Now we sponsor a boy in uh, El Salvador. We pray for them every single night at dinner. Um, we, we talk about them. We share letters. We write, take turns writing letters and receiving letters. And whenever we get a letter from our sponsored child, we read it at the table. Um, and we take turns. Okay, Morgan, it's your turn to read the letter tonight. And it's just um, it's instilling in them this idea that the world is bigger than them, which uh, today's youth really need to hear that. It, it's, it's about setting up an example of giving and generosity and caring and empathy and compassion for others and realizing that most of the world doesn't have it as good as we do. Most of the world is, is uh, far poorer and suffering in ways that you and I aren't used to. You know, drought and disasters have such dramatic impact on families living in poverty. Political instability has such a d- dramatic impact on families living in poverty. They're the ones who hit the worst when war comes. Um, so understanding that uh, creates this heart for generosity and compassion. And then it's, it's not just having the heart, it's taking the action. It's, it's, it's yes. sponsoring, it's giving, it's writing, it's caring, it's praying, it's taking the action to put that faith in, in motion. As much as I believe in Compassion International, as much as I believe in the work that we're doing here through this radio program, and we have been such great partners, I just want everyone listening to know this is such a bigger conversation. This is about the type of people we are called to be and how we develop that character in the next generation. Recently, I read a statistic that was given to me by a wonderful friend of mine Uh, concerning generosity in this country. And what surprised me about this statistic, and I didn't really know this, is that 70% of the generosity in this country is coming from Christians, over $300 billion. That tells me that we are called to be different. Compassion International believes in three characteristics in life, Christ-centered, church-driven, child-focused, How do we shape our character in this way to change the world? We'll talk about that next up on Equip. Christmas is almost here, and to help you make the most of this season, I'd like to sing you a book called Is Christmas Unbelievable? Author and apologist Rebecca McLaughlin helps us to go beyond the familiar story of the nativity to see the life-changing truth and genuine evidence of our Savior's birth. A copy can be yours when you give a gift of any amount to equip. Just call 888-644-4144 or visit online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Tim Glenn is my guest. Today we're talking about how to have an impact on the world, helping to fight against not just financial poverty, but holistic poverty and transforming a generation. Maybe you're listening to this conversation. You say, Chris and Tim, man, I want to instill these qualities into my children. How do I do that? How do I help? my kids, my grandkids, to know that the world is bigger than them, as Tim just talked about, to live what compassion refers to as this kind of uh, three-chord approach to life, Christ-centered, church-driven, child-focused. How do I pass that down? Well, we'd love to not only help you, give you some wisdom and advice, but to also pray with you about that as well. Maybe we can be your prayer partner for your children, and for your grandchildren today, 
548-3675 is the number. That's 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. I'd also love to hear from you if you've been like me, like my wife, a compassion sponsor. I'd love to hear from you on how that has transformed your life. Because so often, Tim, we think about moments like this uh, as if it's just one directional. But it really is transforming us as we're helping others, isn't it? It really is. You know, the the young girl that I used, to, my family used to sponsor out of the Philippines. She's she's an adult now. She's a mom, and uh, she still writes us letters and lets us know how things are going. Wow! And we get to see the trajectory of her life, of how she was uh, in this impoverished family without a father, um, and and struggled, uh, her mom struggled to make ends meet. And now she's a mom living in an apartment and has a job and raising a, a, a family. And just to see that we got to be a small part of that. We got to uh, instill some values in her, but also let her know that she was known and loved and protected. And um, that that has alone has just helped this trajectory of her life. And I, I get to be a part of that. I get to, I get to sleep with that at night. And I love that. I love it. All right. So we talked a little bit about what it means to be uh, Christ centered, but I want to talk mm-hmm. now about what it means to be church driven, because that's more than just a slogan for you guys. This really is one of the anchors of the Christian life. What does it mean to you, Tim, on a personal level? to be church-driven? Before we get to the organizational level, what does it mean on a personal level to be church-driven? Well, you, you know, it's it's an overused phrase that the church is plan A, there is no plan B, but that it's, it's a truth. It's a fundamental truth. God created the church to be the response, to be the witness, to be the testimonial, to be the voice uh, to this this world, to a dying generation, to folks who are lost and folks who need to know the love of Christ. And to be church-driven, to me, means putting all your eggs in that basket because that's where they belong. The church is the answer. The church is the response. The church is his vehicle. And I'm glad to be a part of the church, and I'm so, so proud that our organization is church-driven. You know, when I listen to you, Tim, it helps me to understand or be reminded that if we misdiagnose a problem, we'll misdiagnose the solution. You just said that the answer was the church, and that's because you fully understand what you said in segment one, and that is poverty is more than just financial. See, if you think that all we're trying to do is to help people economically, then, yeah, you'll just keep throwing money at the problem. And there's a whole lot of organizations that are doing that, Christian and non-Christian. But if you understand that at the core of poverty is hopelessness in the soul of a person, then you realize the only one that can change that is Jesus. And so when you come to that conclusion, if you get really serious about, man, fighting poverty, changing a generation— helping globally, you realize I got to throw more than just money at it. I need to make sure that with my generosity, I'm giving them the greatest gift, which is a relationship with Jesus. And so that's what makes the church different than any other social organization, than any other uh, nonprofit. What makes the church so powerful when we're doing it right 
is that, yeah, we're bringing practical material resources, but we're also bringing Christ. So we're helping people both now and into eternity. Tim Glenn's my guest, director of global public relation and public affairs at Compassion International. Tim, one of the uh, terms you guys use around compassion is frontline churches. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. by that term. What is it? There's a lot of pastors listening to me right now who I'm sure mm-hmm. want to be a frontline church. What is a frontline mm-hmm. church in your opinion? Well, it, it, the term, the way we use it at Compassion is those churches who are right there in in the community, uh, engaging with the poor uh, where they are. So we have over 8,000 what we call frontline church partners in the field. And those frontline churches are uh, they're feeding kids. They're providing uh, after-school mentors and tu- tutors. They're doing health checkups. They're teaching life skills, te- teaching them job skills so they can be employable as adults. They're teaching them social skills. And most importantly, they're sharing the gospel with them. So when a child in our program um, is engaged, is, is sponsored and registered in our program, how that, what that looks like is they go to their local church. It takes place at the local church where volunteers and staff spend time with them, developing them, teaching them, feeding them, providing uh, school uniforms if needed and textbooks because a lot of these families, uh, the kids can't even go to school because they can't afford a textbook or they can't afford the school uniform. Those things are provided to them in those uh, contexts where they're needed. And then they meet that child where they are. Does this child need help with math? Great. Does this child need help with self-esteem? Great. Let's provide it. Does this kid need a healthy meal? Boom. Let's let's make sure that we're giving them at least a good meal. So um, it's it's contextual, it's localized, and it's right there on the front line of meeting the needs of those in their community. That's what a frontline church partner is. I, I love everything you just said, Tim. And I am. <laughs> I admit I'm a pastor, so full disclosure. Mm-hmm. But I got to go back to something I just said earlier. I do believe in everything that I said earlier about the church uh, and how much of a difference it makes. And my concern for my children and their peers is that they're growing up in a world that says, hey, maybe the church isn't making that big of a difference. Maybe it's better for you to join this other organization or do work through non-Christian ministries. And, uh, and I'm concerned about that. I want my kids to love the local church, but listening to you, I realize that part of the problem is maybe they're not seeing enough frontline churches. Now Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful that you guys got, what did you say about 8,500 of them? Um, Correct. Yes. uh, So you got, that's, that's awesome. But the reality (laughs) is that's a drop in the bucket around the world when you think about the number of churches, and I'm not going to presuppose that that means every other one is not, but what I will say is that we would do well, Tim, as pastors, leaders, elders of local churches, staff members of local churches, to ask ourselves, are we a frontline church? Are we relevant? Are we in the midst of the community actually listening, building bridges with the community, helping to meet needs in the community. Because I think, Tim, that so often we've kind of seen ourselves as kind of like our churches are hideouts, but the church shouldn't be a hideout, should it? 
No, no, no. We're a light on the hill. <laughs> We're supposed to be out there. We're supposed to be front line. We're supposed to be addressing the issues and, and attacking those issues. You know, there, there's 345 million people facing food insecurity right now because wow. of drought, because of war, because of 345 million. Compassion through our 8,500 church partners uh, reaches 2.2, almost 2.3 million children in those 27 countries. So like you said, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket uh, that our frontline church partners are able to address. There's so much need. And, and if I could go back to Chris to something that you said earlier, there's more than enough money to pull everyone in poverty out of poverty economically. There's more than enough money around the world to do that. We could do that tomorrow if it was just the money issue. But because it's things like food insecurity and hunger and uh, spiritual poverty and environmental pro- poverty and uh, inability to go to school and get an education, if for girls who uh, live in countries where girls aren't allowed to get an education or it's more mm. difficult for them, so all those types of poverty have to be addressed, and it's the frontline church partner that we believe is the answer to addressing them. Friends, we talked about what it means to be Christ-centered. We've talked about what it means to be church-focused. I'm sorry, church-driven. But when we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to be child-focused. Why is it so important that we focus on the next generation if we're really going to have an impact on this world, if we're really going to change a generation? Tim Glenn is my guest. You can find out more about Tim, about his work through Compassion at our website, EquipRadio.org. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful today to have a conversation about how we can transform a generation by instilling in them uh, the virtues of living a Christ-centered, church-driven, child-focused life. And through that, how they can then be used by God to help to eradicate poverty in the lives of children around the world. My guest today is Tim Glenn. He's the Director of Global Public Relations and Public Affairs at Compassion International, an organization that is helping kids in 27 countries to the tune of about 2.2 million. Is that right, Tim? Yes, a little over 2.2 million right now in our program. Wow. Wow. So that means that um, literally... Uh, entire uh, nations are being blessed through this ministry. And so I want you to find out more at EquipRadio.org. That's EquipRadio.org. And as I said earlier, we would love to pray for your children. Maybe you're concerned about, man, my kids having a spirit of entitlement. Or maybe you're concerned, do they love the local church like I want them to love the local church? Maybe you're concerned about, man, are they Christ-driven and you're just wanting your children or grandchildren to have a deep love for Christ, to come to faith in Jesus. Tim and I would love to join you in prayer at 877-548-3675. I don't believe in coincidences. I had to tune in today. 877-548-3675. 
We'd love to pray for you and your children and grandchildren while talking to you about the children of the world. Uh, Tim, let's talk about this this third of the qualities that really drive not only your ministry, but your own life personally. We talked about Christ-centered. We talked about church-driven, child-focused. Why is it so important that we have a passion for children? Uh, you know, that's such a big, big question and so many different ways to answer it. Um, I, first of all, we know children are our future. We know that they're the, the future generation. Uh, we also know that uh, studies told us years and years ago that um, uh, children before the age of 14 are, are far more likely to accept Christ, to, uh, to um, understand at the point of uh, belief and faith in Christ, and uh, it's easier to uh, to share the gospel with a child than it is with an adult. Sometimes so I think that's part of it, but to me, it's 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 more than that. It's it's knowing that investing in a child today means investing in a community tomorrow. Investing in a child today uh, means investing in a nation tomorrow. Change children, change their communities, and change communities, change their nations. And that's what we're all about, is investing in the child so that the, our future, the future of our world, and the future for our children as well, um, is improved and is better because of the investment we make today. I love that statement you made. Change children, change communities, and change mm-hmm. communities change a nation. Man, that's, that, that's just powerful. So talk again on a personal level, Tim, about how you do this at home in your own family. I mean, do you just kind of walk in, uh, you and Jennifer, and, and say to the kids, hey, this is how we're going to live, and we're going to sponsor kids, and that's it? Or is there some more to it? You know, um, we've had some fantastic conversations with our kids. It starts off praying with your kids and hearing, letting your kids hear you pray for someone else on the other side of the planet or somewhere else in the world and, and allowing them to ask questions. You know, why do we sponsor this child? What, what is it? Why does he need our help? Why does he uh, need us to send letters? Why does he need us to send uh, this, this sponsorship feed through compassion every year? Um, this is, um, it's a conversation starter and it's, it's about uh, education. It's about developing a passion mm. in them. And so we do that. We pray as a family. I give them space to ask questions. Uh, we explain that this is what Jesus has called us to do. And this is what Jesus did. Um, and, and then we explain what's going on in the world. We let them know what's going on. And, hey, there's a drought in this country. And when there's a drought, uh, they can't grow crops, and it's hard for them to eat. Locusts and ate the crops in this country, and now they're, uh, they're facing famine. And so if we don't help, people are starving. People need food. People need uh, water to survive. So we're providing clean water filters and water wells. It's things like that, helping them to understand the world, make the world a bit smaller for them and then understand the reason behind why we do what we do, which is, is all about Jesus. I love that, and I love the fact that you're living it as much as you can as a dad. None of us are perfect, but I do believe that uh, one of the secrets, Tim, as much as we can is modeling, is being being an example and, and uh, you know, the days or the generation of saying to your kids, like, uh, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Those days are over. I think this generation is saying to you, no, I, I need to see you do it. 
Uh, we've talked a lot, Tim, about what happens from a positive perspective when we live this way, when we live Christ-centered, when we live church-driven, when we live child-focused. But there is bad news when we don't. There is the reality of what happens if the church does not live this way. You've been to places. Talk about some of the places you've been and what you've seen happens when we don't live this way. Yeah, you know, I've I've walked the streets in uh, 20 different countries and 20 different impoverished countries around the world. And I've seen families um, living on the sides of roads. I've seen families living in homes made out of cardboard, um, lived with, uh, wow. enjoyed uh, time with families who are... Um, uh, I, I went to this one family. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget. It was in uh, Guatemala. And I visited this mom who lived in a, a hut made out of sticks and cardboard. And part of the house was uh, out of an old billboard, uh, roadside billboard. And um, she had a dirt floor and she was sweeping the floor, sweeping the dirt floor for us to come visit her because she was, she was uh, nervous about us seeing her home. And I'm thinking, you cannot outgive the poor. You can't. Um, they were, she was so generous and so uh, inviting and such a gracious host. And here she had nothing. And, and this is what happens when the church fails to meet the needs of its community is uh, families fail. Families don't prosper. Uh, families are malnourished. Families are not uh, healthy. Uh, people are unemployed. Children are not developing the way they should. Children aren't learning about the gospel and, and getting the physical, spiritual, uh, emotional, self-esteem uh, development that they need. This is what happens when the church doesn't step up. And that's why it's such a contrast to step into one of these countries where in one of these communities where compassion is working and visit the local church you walk into the church and in the church office there's a wall of notebooks and you pull one of those notebooks down and each notebook is for a child in that in that particular child development center and you go through that that notebook and you see okay here's her grades here are her, her medical checkups here's what we're doing for her self-esteem here's some of the life skills we're teaching her job skills we're teaching her here's some of the concerns that she has here's some of the health issues she, she has uh it's all it there's more information on that one child in that notebook and now multiply that times 2.2 million every one of them has that notebook every one of them has that known loved and protected by that local church connection and and that's the contrast. When you yeah. see the difference between not having the church involved and having the church involved, it's dramatic. You know, my father, uh, when I was younger, there was a lot of uh, fatherless friends that I had. And uh, I remember uh, my dad saying to me, son, I want you to see what happens to their lives uh, as, as you guys grow up, the difference between having a dad, not having a dad, uh, being in church, not being in church. And I could go through story after story of how different the trajectory of their lives were um, versus versus where God took our family. And, uh, and I would just simply say that there's such a difference between, as Tim said, having hope that comes from Christ, being in a local church, having people that you know love you, care for you, are praying for you, are rooting and cheering for you. That's the type of person I want to be. That's the type of person we need to be. That's the type of person that God uses to change the world. 
And uh, as as I look at what you have uh, been been um, really driving home here today, Tim, I think about this phrase, and it comes up throughout Scripture, in particular in the Old Testament. This phrase, a burden of the Lord, and Jeremiah mm-hmm. the prophet in Jeremiah twenty three twenty three had what he referred to as a burden of the Lord, and I pray that we would live with this burden, not a not a heaviness that overwhelms us. I mean, the reality is there's 2.2 million kids that are out there, but I'm sure uh, that you guys are, are sponsoring and caring for it. But I'm sure, Tim, you're thinking about that next kid. I'm sure you're thinking about the kids who are, who are out there that, that have yet to really get a sponsor or be connected uh, to someone who loves them. That can't. We, I'm not praying that that overwhelms us, but I am praying mm-hmm that we live consistently in the light of that. And uh, I, I just think, Tim, that's important. Yeah, it is. It is important, you know, and we are. We're always thinking about the next country we can get into, the next church partner that we can partner with, and, of course, that next child. And if I could just share, Chris, personally, I I lost both of my parents by the time I was seven and a half years old. Wow. And I ended up in a children's home. Wow. Um and it was a, a Christian children's home. And I was angry at God as a young child. I was mad. Uh, I felt abandoned. And then uh, this children's home took me in the, under their wings. And the director of the children's home, I'll never forget him. such a huge, I'm going to get choked up talking about him, Homer Hanna, just a, a powerful man of God who took that burden that you talk about a burden of the Lord and saw in me potential and opportunity and breathed life into me and spoke life into me. And, uh, he changed my trajectory and I've gone from a child in need to helping children in need. And that, that was my kingdom dream. That was my, uh, God given, um, uh, direction and, uh, what he set me on this path for all the way back to when I was seven years old. He was already moving me in this direction, and it's fascinating to look back and see that. And now I think about what trajectory he's setting 2.2 million children on because somebody sponsored them, because somebody said, I'll take that child and I'll speak into their life. If you want kids who are different, if you want to make a difference in the lives of kids around the world, it starts with you making a decision today that I want to live a Christ-centered, church-driven child-focused life. And as you do that, God will use you in amazing, amazing ways. But I don't want you to do that alone. I want you to get into a community of people who are living this way. Part of that is through the local church, but part of that is by linking up with organizations and ministries like Compassion International. Find out more about Tim and about Compassion by going to our website. Do it now. That's what these breaks are designed to do is to give you the opportunity to learn more. Go to equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year, but we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an AutoGift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. 
Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and his kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Thank you for your partnership, your friendship, and your support. Help us to finish the year strong by giving a year-end generous tax-deductible gift. You'll help us to not only be fiscally responsible and meet our budget, but you can help us to continue to advance the gospel in your community and to the next generation. Dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. My guest today is Tim Glenn, Director of Global Public Relations and Public Affairs at Compassion International. Tim, I am looking at a photo that has in it George Clooney, Gladys Knight, Bono, and a friend of Compassion International, Amy Grant, who just got a oh, Kennedy yeah. Award. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Talk about yeah. Amy. Uh, a lot of people are uh, celebrating Amy right now and what she's meant to Compassion. Uh, you know what? I'm a big Amy Grant fan. <laughs> I'm a huge Amy Grant fan. And not just because of her music, but because of the person that she is, the heart that she has, and the way that she supported our ministry over the years. Tens, tens of thousands of kids sponsored to her concerts and her events and her um, just promoting this uh, this incredible mission of sponsoring a child in poverty and trying to lift them and release them from poverty. So what awesome. a What a heart she has. Yeah. Now, one of the famous stories that came out of an Amy Grant concert where she talked about compassion, if I got my info right, is that a former president, George H.W. Bush, ended up being a compassion sponsor, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He sponsored a child um, named Timothy for years, and he secretly uh, sponsored him, and he didn't even let Timothy know that he was the president of the United States at the time. He used a, a different name. Um, and, uh, it came out after, uh, after he passed. Um, and uh, Timothy is uh, so thankful for that sponsorship. He's a dad, he's a musician, uh, living in his country and, uh, is married and <laughs> has a fruitful career all because of someone like George Herbert Walker Bush, who decided to invest in that child. Yeah. So awesome. I, I just love the stories that come uh, through your ministry. I, I wanted to have you on so that we could talk about the type of people we ought to be, uh, these three qualities that we've been driving home. Uh, but as I think about Christmas, uh, I, I got to be honest, my kids have gone from dropping hints to giving lists. Uh, they, they've given me full-blown lists probably because they know dad is sometimes slow in picking up their hints. But the things that they're wanting, you know, bikes, PlayStation, the jersey of their favorite uh, sports or athlete, uh, those are types of things that they want. And and we're training our kids to be generous as well. And part of the way we're doing it is to think through families and children we can sponsor. But when I look in your your Christmas gift catalog, um, some of the kids around the world, they're not looking for jerseys from their favorite athlete. Or, um, or or bikes or um, Xbox or PlayStation. They're looking for food or mm-hmm. urgent medical care or emergency bottled water. Just talk about this catalog and why you guys put it together. 
Yeah, Compassion's Gift Catalog is a great way for you to engage in a family and meet them where they are. Uh, you're exactly right. They're, you're not going to see PlayStations on here. You're not going to see video games and uh, uh, jerseys and stuff like that. You're going to see kids asking for Bibles. You're going to see kids asking for a chicken, chickens or a goat uh, or a cow that can provide milk for the family. Um, it, it, they're asking for computers so they can go to school, so they can study, so they can learn, so they can, you know, rise up out of poverty. They're asking for baking classes and um, and then emergency food packs uh, is another thing that you can buy through the gift catalog for all those families that are struggling in this food crisis right now. I think about you know you and I, Chris. Uh, we the cost of a loaf of bread has gone up. The cost of a gallon of milk has gone up, and for us. Okay, I've got to spend an extra dollar for a gallon of milk, but there are families that live on a dollar a day, a dollar fifty a day. How do they decide between do we get groceries today or do we get the prescription that we need for uh, for mom's health? Um, do we uh, do you get to go to school this week or do we say we can't afford the tuition fees because we need to eat? So when you go to this gift catalog, you get an opportunity to speak into those families, to give to those families, so that they don't have to make those hard choices that they can have food on the table, clean water, uh, a cow to provide milk, and get to go to school uh, yeah. and full tummies. From hygiene to shelter, food yeah. to education, and most of all uh, to Christ, these kids can have their lives transformed just by us embracing what it means to live a Christ-centered, church-driven, child-focused life and uh, I want to thank you uh, again for what Compassion is doing in the lives of over 2 million children around the world. Tim, I couldn't be more impressed with the ministry, the integrity. We could have spent an hour just talking about integrity and how important and fundamental that is. But you guys are a huge blessing. If you don't mind, before we go, I want to pray for you, for Jennifer, for the kids. But also I want to pray for Compassion and the children around the world. Father, thank you that you allow us this privilege to be blessed so that we might be a blessing. Lord, we pray that we would, in a uh, extraordinary, unprecedented way, that children all over the world will be blessed through compassion and beyond. Bless Tim, bless Jennifer and their children as well, and the mission that they've committed their lives to. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, brother. Thanks for joining me. And friends, thank you for listening to today's edition of Equip. Can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.